irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Sam in the Morning with Rachel, exclusively on L.A. Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, July 26th. Hi, Rachel. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. We had to take a day off yesterday on an emergency. I was under the weather. You were under the weather. Now I'm above the weather. Now you're above the weather. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the weather was nice yesterday. So if you were under it, that sucks. Yeah. But, right. uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, Wednesday here, uh, we don't, uh, on this show, we don't hate Wednesdays. Many people are like, it's hump day, blah, 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 you know. Who could hate and hump day? I don't know. But, um, I mean, for me, because people are saying, oh, it's two more days till the weekend and everything. People, but that those are half-empty glass people. It's right. It's either the two more days till the weekend or two, or two you know what I mean? It's all right. about how you look at exactly. it. Only two more exactly. days until the weekend or two more Exactly. Days. So hump day is good. At least we're, we we love this because uh, we love every day here. Yeah. We're just happy people. Exactly. Right? 24-7. There you Never go. Never not happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> In a couple of minutes, we'll bring in our uh, guest, who is a returning guest and a very good friend, and we'll discuss just about anything that's I'm going on. I'm already a on. big fan of his. Yes, awesome. And me too. We have a bromance going on. I know. On, I walked in and I was uh, like, should I leave? Do I, do right. I to take a moment? You yeah, know, am I, I allowed know. to come in? Was I holding my crotch? I don't I know. I just meant you guys okay. were having such a moment, a beautiful <laughs> moment. It was just, you know, I felt like that, you know, I awkwardly busted in. <laughs> I don't know. Just a second, Jim. Let me just uh, uh, go over this. But uh, I wanted to bring up the fact that, uh, did you see uh, Tori's post this morning? I guess she's she interviewed Andrew Morton, who was... The uh, the writer, the biographer for Diana, uh, Prince Diana. <gasps> wow! Right? I didn't so, see the post, but I, yeah, and I'm he's not written, surprised. He's written a few biographies, so she got to. Uh, That's interview. so cool! Isn't that pretty cool? I so know. she's she's hit the ground running, and we're very happy for her. I can't wait till we have her call in. I know, for I know, like that'll a reunion be cool. Episode. I know, it's like she's a, a, a you know. A, uh, a celebrity now, yeah. you know. We want to be called by the celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, nice to know you're feeling better, Rachel. Thank you. You look like you're feeling a lot better. Yeah, so. you saw me on, uh, what day did we, Monday, and you noticed yeah. I was looking yeah, a little you were under a little the down. water. I was yeah. trying to hold it together. <laughs> but yeah. Good, good. So you're back to your old self. Yes. All right, folks. Well, uh, we're going to be joined uh, by a special guest. We have Jim Christina in the studio. And uh, Jim is uh, the host of the Writer's Block, Thursdays at 7 p.m. right here on L.A. Talk Radio. And you can hear him with his uh, co-host, Bobby Jean, Bell. And uh, so, obviously, Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks. Oh, where are you? Turn me on. Turn me on. Ah! Wait a minute. Something happened. Did you move the mic or something? No, something's going on. Hold on. I'm I'm here. Go ahead now. Hello. Oh, there oh, I am. See, there somebody somebody screwed around with a with a microphone. That's what happens when you let people touch your buttons? <laughs> well, people do touch them sometimes, <laughs> or your butt, <laughs> both, or your butt buttons. You know. Hey, you know, I just, it just dawned on me that Wednesday must be Dago Day too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Dago is Italian. Oh. 
See, I don't you know. You I guys was, have inside I'm, jokes. No, I was right. laughing. I'm I was laughing. Here. I don't I'm even know what the hell it means. The there you go. Yeah, I was just you laughing know. to be polite. <laughs> now I know what your polite so laugh is like. Now, okay, well, so you you have to be going. polite because you know me. Yeah, right. I don't. Yeah, he gets offended easily. Retribution really? comes at a heavy price. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, what's Dago? Dago is Italian. That's uh, that's uh, you know, is it they go through sleet, they go through snow, and when they go flat, they go wop 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 wop. Are you Italian? I am. I love Italians. Let's see. Yeah. I love Italian food. Yeah, me too. Italian culture is cool. It is. And I've always different. wanted to go to Italy. I feel like the yeah. Italians and the Jews have a long common. They do. I mean, we, we have the like same to use our hand. Exactly. We like to use our hands yeah, to we speak. Have, we have the same mothers. Yeah, <laughs> then we get the Italian guilt, the Jewish guilt. It's almost synonymous. You, you know, know what I mean? It's the guilt. It really it is. It really truly is the guilt. Yeah, and it's, it's the holy and underwear we, thing. And we, stay, we, we live with our parents until we're supposed to get married. No, not me. It grew me <laughs> but I mean, but but Italians and Jews, you know, family culture, you know, togetherness, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're an Italian Jew. Then oh you're really screwed. There true. you go. Not many of those. I don't know if I can handle that much guilt. I know, huh? Yeah. Or that many pairs of clean underwear. But yeah. the, I can handle the food. Oh, yeah. Oh. If my if I came from an Italian Jewish, I would need a, a personal trainer from the moment right. I was born. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Italians especially because we see maybe more of this in movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like The Sopranos, almost every scene was around the table. I right. love. Right? I I was late around to the, the Sopranos t- game. I yeah, me I, too. I waited like ten years after. Like <laughs> last year, I watched the whole thing. Really, and it, it quickly seasons? became every every episode. It's wow. become. It, I agree. It is one of the greatest television shows that has oh, totally. ever been written. That has ever been. I think Breaking Bad is second. I can't say that one is. I can't say Breaking Bad is better than The Sopranos, but I think I, I fell in love with The Sopranos. And my one of uh, you have you heard of the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco? No. He's hilarious. He's a hilarious Italian comedian. He has this really funny bit. You should watch it. It's um, he has this thing where he thinks that the Italians should cater the Passover meal because he just rags on. Have you seen the shit that they have for the the Passover meal? And it was it's just the funniest thing. You have to watch. You have, we'll have to pull it yeah. up after. It's but so in Passover, there's a lot of food you can't eat. You know, so that's interesting that he right. would say that. You know, because everything that's made of like yeast. Well, they're all and, it's all symbolic yeah. exactly. But he was just okay. Saying, I see what you're saying. He was just saying, saying like it, you. You sit there. You sit, th- you know, because the Italians they they have there's always a bunch of food around, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like fattening, delicious, everything. And he's like, at this Passover meal, we pray for hours before we can even take a, you know what I mean? And he was just ragging <laughs> that's on exactly it. That's exactly what funny. happens. So funny. Funny. Italian mothers and aunts and grandmas, they all have one word: eat. Eat. Yeah, right? same with same with the Jews. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jewish just eat, people. eat, eat. You gotta eat. Are you, you hungry? Eat all Are the you time. hungry? Yeah. Eat some food. Here, eat yeah. Something. Here's some. Why food. didn't you finish this? Here, have some more. I, that's true. It's I so just true. had dinner, ma. That you gotta eat, eat, eat something. something, right? And then so get, that, to them, it was equal to being healthy, mm-hmm. right, and well taken care of. Yeah. Because I guess way back when. Not everybody had enough food for everybody, That's what it you know. Was. So they wanted to make sure you have enough food that you. It was you know symbolized I just think health and it, it, it also symbolizes love. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's you know probably I mean? it more because than that's what they do. I mean, what the mothers they cook and they clean and they raise us, you right. know. Yeah. And so cooking for them is is a big deal, mm-hmm. and especially if we enjoy the food, obviously. Yeah, you know? yeah. and then the, the men used to sit around the table and go, "Oh God, yeah, yeah. not <laughs> this again." <laughs> <laughs> Jim, where were you born? Uh, b- born, born, uh, Mount Clemens, Michigan. 
Michigan. Where's that? I mean, in it's relation the, to it's anything. A, it's on the peninsula in Michigan. It's, a, it's right outside of Detroit going up the peninsula. Oh, okay. Not that I know much about that geography because I've never been in that area. You know, I, I mean, was the only cl- there until I was like one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't really. So where did you grow up? Here, here, really? Yeah, California. How same did with, you guys end up here? Same with my grandfather. He was born in Michigan, and then they moved here when he was really young. Really? Yeah. Oh. And uh, d- uh, why did your family want to move? My dad was in the Air Force. Oh, okay. So that there you go. That explains it. <laughs> but uh, so, but he was stationed here the whole time. No, he was stationed. Actually, we were in the Philippines for four years. And really, yeah. And How old Dakota. were you when you were in the Philippines? That's that was seven through eleven. Wow. Oh, okay. Cool. So you did some. Growing up there, you're uh, yeah. Pre- yeah. pre-teen. My brother and I actually um, ran across a, a convoy that had been lost in World War II. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Well, like the leftover remains of the car. It was the stuff? remains of the convoy and the bodies and bodies everything. Wow. Bodies. What hadn't been stripped by the Japanese? They were still there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was really spooky because you know you yeah. think that skeletons are going to jump up and run after you. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, it's really such a young spooky. age to see that. Yeah, that would be traumatic. Yeah, I think I was like ten when that happened. Really? Yeah. When you saw that? Yeah. Jeez. Now explains everything. Left a mark on you. Must. Have. Well, I actually no, not until about eighteen years later, nineteen years later. <laughs> really? When yeah. you realized what you saw? No, when I got shot at in Vietnam, and it left a mark on yeah. me. Yeah. Ah, there you <laughs> when go. When you're actually there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you actually fought in Vietnam? I'm sorry. You fought in I Vietnam? Did. I did. Uh, what years? Uh, I was there all of 1969, um, and I was there half of 19. I actually went back mid of May of 1970, and was there all of 1971 until December 11th. Wow. So about three years. Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. Uh, combat? Combat. Most people in Vietnam saw combat, right? No. I mean, no? No. About 30% of people in Vietnam saw combat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you, uh, so you actually went through the shit we see in the movies. Well, some of it. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. A lot mm. of talk about the military today. Yeah, Did right? what's happening. Yeah. Well, Trump banned um, transgender people from joining the military. Right. And what were his reasons? Uh, he doesn't want people to go through their transitions and the military have to pay for it. He, um, according to his tweets, but um, <laughs> it was, it was, I guess, a reporter or someone, someone had spoken to him and purely politically motivated and it's a purely political decision to do that i understand now he says well i talked to my generals and everything else but i understand the general said we didn't dod had no idea where this was going to be going on yeah and there's about there's i think there's all these different numbers but there's like between six to nine thousand people who are transgender in the military right now and they were just they just since when Obama was in office, he was the one who took the mandate away that said that they couldn't so that he made it so that transgender people could be allowed in the military. Right. And then they put them through like a year long course or whatever, however long it was to, you know, like educate people. OK, these are transgender people that are going to be coming into the military like you have, you know, you're educating people on what to expect or whatever. And now they're saying it was all for nothing. So right. these people, you know, just prep themselves to basically be turned away. Yeah. And, and these yeah. are people that have committed to fighting for our country. Yeah. And, and to the military. I don't care if you wear a skirt to combat. It doesn't zone. matter. And, and as long as you're laying exactly. next to me and you got my ass. <laughs> exactly. I'm good and with it. And that's the thing is there's, yeah. it's not true what they were saying. Like they don't, 
pay they're not going into the military so that the military right. can pay for their medical right. procedures mm. you know what i'm saying like it's just it's absurd well but do we know that or maybe some no do. we do they we they're they're not going in the military and having these transitions no. they're in the military they're going to do their service and whatever the military agrees just like what they promise any other person who's been in the military they're gonna take the benefits i mean there's no there's no um there's no there should be no issue to this right what, right in other words they're just being discriminatory. Right, right. And that's but well, th- that's what Trump has been about pretty much, you know, well, about not dividing really. everybody. No, he didn't. He no. promised that he would stick up for the LGBTQ yep. community. No, no, but I'm saying he's dividing. No, I mean, but no, the, but that's Trump. It's like Trump to divide people, you know. Right, but it's yeah. also he ran on a platform where he promised people certain things. Right. And even his base, you know, his base is uh, like it, it just you can't go out and say that you're going to protect a group of people so he then, did say that of course he there's oh, tweets I uh, there's tweets so did his daughter they that they stand for he even pitted against hillary he was like i stick up for transgender people i stick up for gay people right. hillary doesn't you know in a series of tweets or whatever he even said it on the tv yeah and i think my my wife. I have to say hello to Jerry. Hi hi hi. Hey, hi, hi Mrs. Jerry. <laughs> no, her name is Jerry, and she's <laughs> she's sitting there in the family room right now with my sister in law, the Wiz. Yes. Hello, the Wiz. Hi. And, and my dog Bella. Hello, but, Bella. But Jerry Jerry brings up a very salient point, and and her point has been that um, Trump is just so busy getting rid of everything that has Obama stamped. Yeah, on it. he hates right. Obama so he much. He hates Obama like, so much. How much do you want to? But how much do you want to be Obama? That right. You know well, how much do you want to destroy the country? Right. Yeah. Destroy but what Obama's done. His legacy. It's everything. the way ISIS is destroying. You know things that were right. good before they came around. You know. Right. Now you may not you may not agree with Obama. So okay. So deal with things, but. Uh, you know, for the country, but not because, like you said, you want to just get rid of what mm-hmm. Obama has built, and that's what it looks like, right? It's what is exactly right. happening. You know, it's it's like Trump. It's, he's I, so I, racist. I refuse to say President Trump because I, I think won't either. he's an 45, asshole. Forty-five. Forty-five. I think he's an asshole, but it's like. It's like he, he, if there's not a shitstorm going on, he creates one. Yeah. And then he sits back and he tweets. Oh, I think they got to just ban him from Twitter. I, I, it's I just, really. I, I, for me, okay, so for you guys, you guys have been around for a lot more presidents than I have. Just but, go ahead and say it, Rachel. A lot longer <laughs> a than lot I longer, have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you guys, we're, you guys have, we're but fucking you guys old farts anyway. This is my, this is the third election that I've been able to vote in. So 2008, 2012, Yeah, so I, exactly. So for me, in just the little time that I've been self-aware of politics and, you know, the world that we live in, I can only imagine what you guys see, you know, and what you guys have seen. Because this is not normal. No. And the thing is, is like, the longer it goes on, the more normal it's going to become because we're going to be so desensitized by it that we forget what life was like. And I'm worried that future... Like this is going to be deemed acceptable, where you can go on Twitter as a president and just bash people, your colleagues, people who work for you, simply because they don't agree with you. That is not what our country represents. That's not what we're about. And I mean, I don't know. I think Obama put up with so much crap from whatever side, left, right. It doesn't matter. There was always people who didn't disagree with him, but it's just purely becoming so blatantly racist and discriminatory, and just it it sucks. It's just. 
a really dark time for our country, I think. Well, I think once, once Wait, you, you're saying he's doing this to Obama's things because he's racist, because he doesn't like the fact that he's black, or because the fact that he didn't like what Obama was doing? I think it's partly because Obama is black. Yeah. So you think that? Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think it's probably a good deal of it is because Obama was more just highly popular. Mm. Yeah. And right. I mean, Trump, with an approval rating of he was popular, he was, he but loved. you know what? He but was, he alienated a lot of people too. I mean, this country was divided if you were not a Democrat. Well, you it, know, what I mean, it was maybe, but it, it, it. I think the country's always been divided. There's always been a divide. We have a two-party system. It's one but, against the but other. But you know, I got to tell you, in past history, and you tell me if I'm wrong. But it doesn't mean that the that Congress can't work together and with the president. And there's been Congress times did when, not work when with they Obama. don't. What's that? They didn't work with Obama. No, but I'm saying that you know. But there have been times when Congress has worked together. Of course, right. but that's but of course, and they should. And Congress, I think, knows that. But they're not going to work with a lunatic who's putting out um, laws and bills and things that. So why are didn't they hurtful. deal with Obama either? I mean, the, what do you the, mean? the right the right uh, was very opposed to many they did. things Obama. They blocked did. his Supreme Court okay. nomination. That that was rightfully his. We were gonna we were gonna have Merrick Garland, I believe, right. and um, they made it impossible for him to do that. So now we have Neil Gorsuch, which it was Obama's pick when it was Obama's turn. And I mean, yeah, I, I just think, I mean, it's not. Well, our legislators are no longer legislating to the good of the country. They're picking no. They're party legislating over people. To their party. Exactly. Right. And, and that's the and thing is like party loyalty, you might as well be a religion. You know what I mean? Like it's your and that's why I don't think the two party system works. I and it just You don't think it works? I mean, I think either I think I think they're I think it either needs to it needs to be changed because I'm I also I'm a Democrat and I'm not afraid to say it, but I don't like the Democrats that are in power. I don't think that they represent us yeah. great either. Well, I, you, know you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and I'm a conservative and I totally don't like what's going on in Washington. I don't right. I don't feel that these people represent what the, uh, what conservatism no, stands for. Well, nobody's you representing know? anybody anymore. No, right? It's all it's, about themselves. I, I just wrote a letter to the editor for our local little news rag, the uh-huh. Acorn. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it was like, since when is it okay for an elected representative to just ignore his constituency and vote the way he wants, right? Right. Like I mean, when not, has that exactly. been okay? And it, right, and they're they're they're, uh, they're not holding town halls. They're avoiding talking to their const const. How do you constitu- constituency? Constituents. Um, and and uh, and then the whole thing with t- uh, President Trump blocking people on Twitter. I mean, these are the people that you represent. That. You know, you can't right. just be blocking people because they simply disagree with you. If Obama did that, everyone would be blocked. No, and I, I agree, and and he's still too busy with the friggin' elections and Hillary. Right. I mean, get over it already. I'm, it's just and he needs to be he needs to be taken out of office. I, I mean, you know, and, and but that but the other thing is is like the whole they have to find something with the whole Russia collusion or something, and I. I think, you know, they're going to find what they're finding. And it's like we don't realize investigations take time, years even, years. And we'll still probably be finding out information about Trump and Russia. And we don't. But in the meantime, we have to put up with this presidency. 
right? Yeah. Until they figure it out. So. You know, right. you can, you can no longer even think. Well, it's only going to be four years, right? right. Be, because that just looks like an interminable amount of time to me. It is, especially with him. But that's what I'm saying. But also, that's plenty of time to for him to really screw up in a big that's way. I, exactly. Well, maybe yeah. everybody yeah, will want to. Well, get and then the him. other thing that shocked me yesterday was um, John McCain. He really disappointed me for a second. For a second, you know what? I was we were all willing to forget the horrible things that John McCain has said and done, and and we forgave him for picking Sarah Palin as a VP. (laughs) We all we went that far. You know, we were like, forget it. It's fine. It was just John, and then we're and then we expected him to vote. You know, the right way. And this is a man who's suffering from basically terminal brain cancer. He is not have a lot of time left on this earth, and he voted for this stupid health care bill to go forward for a debate. I mean. Right. They should have just. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, they when they did the vote last night, he also voted for the the uh, the um, repeal and replace. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he voted yes twice yesterday. Yeah. Okay, it's just, well, he's a backstabber. Yeah, is he? Yeah, you know, and I, I think McCain is. I mean, I, I, you know, he was a prisoner of war for five years, five plus years, and I, you know, God bless him. Right. right. But that's not going to is who he is now. Right. He right. will be remembered for fucking so many people over. Oh. We won't even care what he... We don't even care if he was brave or whatever. He will be known as p- participating in taking health care away from See, Our congressman is Steve Knight. And Steve Knight is... Unfortunately, they, they, our congressional district is 25. Is number, and it takes in the eastern part of Ventura County and the northern part of L.A. County. So it's huge. Well, he has a town meeting, but he has it in Lancaster. Mm. Now, that's 65 miles from us. And then nobody knew it was happening. Right. And he's a Republican, yeah. ultra-conservative, <laughs> uber-conservative. You should see the, the look on your face. And but okay. do we have one in Simi Valley? No. Mm. No. And then he decided, okay, I'm going to have one in Simi Valley. Did he tell anybody? No. You know where we got it? In the Acorn. said, hey, there was a town meeting last Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> with Steve Knight. Really? <laughs> <laughs> And this was announced when? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And they're all doing it. Either yeah. that or just not having them. Right. You know, they don't want to listen to the people saying, we don't want this health care. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you know, Obama's, Obama's, his medical care is screwed up. We get that. Yeah, right. nothing is perfect to to create an entire health care system that's never been done before. And he did it in such a short amount of time. I mean... And it, just like opening a restaurant, it's not going to be smooth from the beginning. Right. But like, after, as time goes on, you know, it's not. What bothers me the most is Trump won't just be like, okay, let's take this that that we may not like. Let's just make it better. Let's just tweak it a little bit. And people would be like, great, we would support him. We would be behind Trump if he was just like, let's just make what we already have better. Right. But he would never do that because his friends are the ones who are, you know, paying for the right. insurance. Yeah. Right. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we're obstructionists, right, Rachel? That's, exactly, you know. and Demo- and that's the other thing. How can he? How can we have someone who's supposed to represent the entire country go on and uh, alienate and offend an entire party of people? Some who probably even supported him, right? You know right. What I mean? No, he's offending everybody, and, and I'm an obstructionist. So now, like Democrat, we should be afraid because he's out there on on camera calling us names, like. It's going to rile people up. You know what I mean? Right. The wrong 
people. Right. Yeah, right. I, I, I personally think there's going to be a shooting war. Well, but the thing is this: you, uh, yeah. I, I think one thing we're not talking about is why was he elected in the first place. And the thing is, is that because you have to ask yourself, and historians are going to look back and also ask, how we know how why. was it possible? Why? Because Russia had the technology where, the, like, I don't. I remember this. I followed this election. I saw everything happening. I was so shocked on election night because I was for sure. And I've even followed local elections where we've seen these. But everyone was shocked. Where we've seen these tea party people who have these bizarre you know ideals and and we're like there's no way that they can win and i, I that's how i felt and then i saw him and i was like there there's something off here because he does not represent we have not come so far as a country where we went from electing the first african-american president to now going back to this it just seemed a little bizarre and what happened was right before the election i saw when this pizza gate articles come out and all of these weird articles against hillary and the democrats and whatever and what happened was is russia got in and somehow started targeting these people with these um news fake news articles which seemed real because they were coming from you know what right. they thought were legitimate news sites and that's what happened and they have the the numbers of the places where um they targeted certain places where they knew that they could get people who who were would be triggered by these fake news articles and that's right. what happened that's russia completely stole our election Okay, well, any comment to that one, Jim? I'm not going there. But okay, before I, I, I happen to agree I wanna, with you, Rachel. I want to get the hell out of politics Let's and get move out of on, politics. right? But uh, but you've got some very strong points, Rachel. Thank you. Very strong points. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's move on to other things. The hell with Trump and all that shit. Uh, Jim. Sam. <laughs> he jumped. <laughs> I was napping. Sorry I if I put nap. you guys I can't sleep. say nap around my dog. I'm sorry if I put you I, I could tell you with the service because pe- people probably called you, Jim, and you had to No, actually, up, they called huh? me Chris. Yeah, whatever they yeah, called you, but yeah. you had to be at attention right away. Yeah. Who's calling my name, yeah, right? Yeah, you have to be aware of what they're yeah, yeah. Right yeah, yeah. You have to be very alert, you know? That's the thing. But you know what? One thing uh, that's amazing, you got to actually be a soldier. I did. And I grew up in Israel, and I never had the opportunity you never to be did, a soldier. You went, never no, he was Because young. I left at 16 uh. when I... I and that I, your parents didn't send you back? The, the, well, it's a whole story. We'll <laughs> go over it some other time. But no, at the time, if I had gone back, I wouldn't be able... I mean, it was a whole thing, okay? But let's just say that uh, having grown up in Israel, and I'm one of the few who did not get to serve, so... What what are, in, in Israel the military is, is different because everybody's got everybody goes through it everybody mm-hmm. gets drafted. Uh, in your case, though, I mean, did you feel when you came back that you were that you got your due credit and appreciation? Oh no, no, no. But you know what? We really weren't thinking about even that. people that that knew you. Do you think? I mean, when you came home, you come home after three years, whatever. Yeah, two and a half. Two and a or half two, years. Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you come home after that. I mean, I, I saw like uh, The Deer Hunter. Have you yeah. seen that movie? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it, Rachel? No. Yeah, okay. Don't that's, it's, well, it's depressing. It, <laughs> it is. is depressing. But, but it's about a guy coming home from the war. Um, did you, I mean, did you feel that way? Did you feel no. you missed out on something? No. 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 I, uh, I, I, we, we weren't, we, see, when you come home from Vietnam, you're really just looking forward to getting home. 
Right. You know, you know, I, you know, I don't care what people say. It's, yeah. You know, we're tromping through. I was tromping through SeaTac um, <laughs> International Airport. You know, and we're in full dress greens, and, and a friend of mine from uh, from um, New Mexico and I came back the same day from the same unit, and we were sitting in this bar. <laughs> World cutest tip when you come back from Vietnam. <laughs> and we're waiting for, well, my flight wasn't until 6 o'clock the next morning, and his was like at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> we're sitting in this bar, and this guy this guy walks in, and he sits at this table over by a window, and he's watching us, and he gets up, and he comes over, and he goes, come on, guys, come over and join me. So we go over and start talking to this dude. Now, he's probably 24, 25. He just gotten back from um, king crab fishing in the Bering Sea. Okay. He just got off the crab boat, been off the crab boat for like two days. He's got a wad of bills on him. I mean, really? it took three pockets to hold all the money he had. And he completely bought us dinner, bought it. he bought everything for us. Oh, wow. And he was just the nicest, nicest guy. That's what I remember from coming back from Vietnam. I, don't, I never got spit on or any of that crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. we were so mean. When we came back from Vietnam, that if anybody yeah. had done that, they probably would have lived very long. Right, right. I mean, it makes you a, a, a fighting machine, it right? Does. Being it does. in the military. Well, you're very aware of what you're doing all right. the time. All but, the time. but I, the way I see it, like with the military, they kind of like take you as a civilian. They sort of like have to deconstruct you and rebuild right. you right. as a soldier, you know, because I don't think you just transition no. into being a soldier. I mean, that's why you have boot camp and right. all this shit, you know. They they tear you down, right? And then build I mean, you back up. Build you back up as a fighting machine. Right. And then you come back, and how do you integrate back into society? See, I don't, that's, that's another thing. I think that veterans don't get enough of the right kind of support no, to transition back into civilian life. Right. And I think... What we do as a country is we're like we we're like clap 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 you know we celebrate the military and then when they come back we forget about them we see a lot yeah. of homeless people on the streets who are veterans and um, who just kind of get left on the wayside and they come and you know we we send people off to these places and they see things that we will never even hear about because they get so um, damaged that they don't they don't know how to. You know, they they come back with PTSD, mental health problems, and there's right. not enough and services you, for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you integrate someone like that back into society? You have you to know? have a support system. You come back from the jungle. Them. You've mm-hmm. you've seen kids get killed. You've Veterans seen all this need shit. just as much mental health help as they do with the physical support. Oh, truly. You know, that we truly. get, and also the other thing is um, when they do come back. They, you know, if they're injured or whatever, they're placed on all these kinds of medications. And they, a lot of veterans are fighting to have access to cannabis, which is something I'm an advocate for. And there's actually a wonderful uh, group called uh, Weed for, or Weed for Warriors, or I forget what it's called, obviously. But um, it's uh, veterans who are supportive of of having cannabis as a way to treat their ailments versus the expensive medications and um, that are really horrible for their health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weed for Warriors is what I, well, I think. You know, yeah, I, that sounds pretty good. So yeah. maybe that's the name of it, yeah. You know, be, being uh, my first tour in Vietnam, I, was not, I just turned 19 years old. I mean, I, maybe like 20 days before I went. You were a baby. Yeah, you were a kid, right? I was. Yeah. I mean, I turned 19 on December 29th and I would hit Vietnam on January 16th. Like our brains, like brain, your brain My hasn't even not finished even, developing. And, and yeah. I was, I, I, I was a radio telephone operator. So I mean, you, you got to be alert. You got to be awake. 
and I was 19 years old. I was calling in jet strikes at 19 years old. I was bringing airplanes in <laughs> to blow shit what up. What kind of responsibility is that? <laughs> it really, wow, really right? is, you know, and, and you don't even think about it. Yeah, you yeah, know, You yeah. learn how to do it, you do it, you know, and they look to you to do it. Right. You've got to know how to do it. And, right. you know, they rely on you. Yeah, and, and, yeah and then you become lives. like the, the, everybody's favorite guy because, you know, Hey, you know, Chris can get us out of this. You know, yeah, call right. it a jet. No, I, I don't personally know them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know the pilots personally. Yeah, but how did the Chris thing happen? Well, so you know, last name is Christina, so everybody says Chris. It's easy oh, to I remember see. Jim. Okay, I see. So, so they call you by your last name in the. Uh, oh, everybody right? gets called by everybody. Their last name. Yeah. So even each other, you call each other like that? Too? No, it's usually something like shithead, asshole, something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, do you tell me that people don't call each other by their first name? Very rarely. Really? Yeah. Very even rarely. if you like the buddies and stuff like well, that. Well, if you're in buddies and like we had our rear area had you know I had a hooch and I had a hooch mate Dave Minton right and I called him Dave right. Right, right. You know. But you know what? It also makes sense because it's there's less confusion than if you had first names because so many people have similar. Exactly. Right? Everybody's got the same first name. You know, exactly. Mike, 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 Mike. Exactly. You know, what 140 you guys and 37 of them are Mikes. <laughs> right. You know, it's like the old joke, you know, you throw in a nickel and yell Mike and then 40 people stand up. <laughs> 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 oh wow! But uh, I just finished a new book, and I've got uh, yeah, and it's called Jonah Blue. But at the back of it is a story that um, a friend of mine. Uh, in fact, he was my guest last week on my show, Jeff MacArthur. He's going to include it in a uh, in a Vietnam book that he is putting together. Interesting. And, yeah. No, you finished the book, meaning you finished reading or writing? Writing. Writing. Finished writing. It, okay. Yeah. So let's tell people a little bit about what it is that you do. Uh, as far as books and stuff, because obviously you've got your interest in books, you're right. doing the writer's block right. and everything, right. you love to read, we both have talked about right. this. Uh, what What is it uh, that you do, the book you just talked about? Well, I, I write, I'm, I'm first and foremost, I'm a writer. I've written, right now I'm at, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry is not only my wife, but she's also the producer of the writer's block. Really? And does all of our booking. So and she is phenomenal. I didn't realize that. So yeah, next time bring her with. Well, I I, I try, but you know she just you know no. she's, she's Jerry, like Jerry. If you're listening, I would love to meet you. Yeah, she, you is, she's like yourself. me. She's just oh, I just love going through the San Fernando Valley. Right, at nine right. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she favorite, can call in. We still have some yeah, time. Well, she still can. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Um, what was, where was I going with this? You were saying, you were saying how many books have you Oh, uh, I think I'm at 14 now. Wow. 14 books. 14 books. That and you've written. Yeah, and uh, there, this last one is really interesting for me because it takes into account a 10-year-old boy who um, in 1830 witnesses his mother commit suicide. Uh, she hangs herself in the barn. And he's tasked with cutting her down and, and goes and gets his father. And his father is a very abusive man. He's a, from France's and his name is uh, Daniel Blue, E-U. And um, Jonah just has taken all he can take, you know, because he's been abused since he was a little tyke. Wow. So 10 years old, he finally tells his father off, walks in the house, grabs the three belongings, the possessions that he actually has in this world, walks out the side door of the cabin and takes off and he disappears and he's gone. And he winds up uh, five months later a week before his 11th birthday, he winds up on the Mississippi River on a paddle wheeler uh -huh. in a rope locker. 
hitching, <laughs> stowing away, heading down to St. Louis so he can go to the Rocky Mountains and be a mountain man. Really? Wow. Yeah. A mountain and, man? And a mountain man. And, and he, through a series of small events at that particular point, um, one of the crew finds him, a stevedore on board the ship finds him, and he's a consumptive. Yeah. And um, he helps him out and tells him, you know, gets him food, and, and then he dies during the night. And these people are talking about his friend Malachi, and, and um, he opens the door, he's listening, and they catch him. Mm. So they're running all over this ship trying to catch this kid because it's worth 50 cents for them to catch a stowaway. <laughs> so Jonah just takes a dive off the side of the ship, and he manages to catch onto a cleat on the hull. Uh-huh. And for three hours, he's being dragged down the Mississippi River. Oh my on the, God! And I can't imagine how you ship. build the. This is the like plot. a movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he finally drops off in the shallows, and he makes it to shore. And this voice comes out of nowhere, and he goes, "Well, that was nice. It's not seen you come off that boat, boy. So you got some sand." And he stops, and he looks, and here sits this old mountain man over here against his saddle, and he's got his canoe there and all his goods and. Wow. His name is Rensfeld Doggett, and he takes Jonah into the mountains and teaches him the ways of the mountain man. That's cool. And how would you know how to write about that? Well, you have to research. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it's not something that, I mean, do, do you have any relation to to being no. a mountain man? No. 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 Just because you wrote about it. But that's very interesting, you see, that's because cool. it's like your mind went there. Yeah, it Which did. is very cool. Well, it has to stay there, too. Right, right. You know, and and explore it as you write. Yeah, so we follow Jonah from his 10th year to his 35th year. Wow. Okay, so, so for 20 years. 25 years. I could see, yeah. see this being like a really great movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so, it's, uh, and so at the end of the book, um, I, it's only going to be a one-off, so I decided to go ahead and... and um, tell the, the story of how he stayed on that ranch for 56 more years and right. died in 1910 on the ranch with his wife and his children and right. his foreman who is now 85 years old right. by his side and, and, uh, but it's how he gets there yeah yeah it's very cool. interesting it's kind of a cool story yeah yeah, yeah. I was captivated <clears throat> and uh, but uh, at the like I was saying at the end I put in a story of, of my very last mission in 1970 of uh, uh, Vietnam before I was 12 days short before I derose back to the States and it was my very last ambush patrol I was on really? yeah yeah and it, it's about I don't know it's 15, 16 pages and Well, I'd love to read that. Yeah, it's I there. I mean, now you know, that we touched on, yeah, on the it's, topic, it's it's, uh, it's pretty graphic. But yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, but you 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 learn at that point that you know, doing stuff like that, you could go the whole night and never see anything. Right. You know, in that particular case, that's what happened. We went the whole night and didn't see anything until we went to the LZ to get picked up. Yeah. And that's yeah. when we ran into the guys that we were supposed to be watching out for. Jeez. So, can you imagine that? I mean, that's like unbelievable. It's like another life, another place. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally another. Another life. time, another. Totally another life. So, but you managed to integrate back. Yeah, yeah. Did you have support from the family? Do you uh, actually, I stayed in the green for another. Mm, I didn't get out of the military until the 1977, so I stayed in. I, it's kind of um, my way of acclimating back to society was just to stay in the army. Yeah, yeah. And I did. Now, were you uh, a draft or were you? Uh, I was drafted. 
You were drafted. Yeah, so, drafted. But once you were in, you, you figured, I'm staying for a few more years. Well, not exactly. And no? that's a long story. We don't have time to tell okay, that story then we'll right talk now. About Suffice the, it to say that I wound up doing something incredibly stupid and um, no, nothing illegal, but just, right. you know, and, and wound up um, having to serve a lot more time than I really wanted. I see. Okay. But, I, you know, I, I advanced through the ranks and I, you know, I did stuff yeah. I wanted to do and, you know, I. The army was good to me. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, last yeah. four years in the military was—you couldn't get any better. Really? Yeah. I I feel like there's people who just like love the military, like they love co- you know, and it was like college for them. Well, you know, I, I finished college in the military, right. so that's a good good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, I worked, worked for my dad for a lot of years because he owned a paint company, and you know, it's just you know, you get a degree in history, and do you use it? Hell no. Every history major <laughs> I've Unless ever you known want to become a lawyer. is a salesman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I know, I know, history people majors who became lawyers. There you go. What Your you father? Do? He wasn't a hit. No, he wasn't a history major. Major, but um, yeah, he just—I think he—I forget what he—I don't know what he majored. Yeah, in. I, I know every history major I've ever known, myself included, have done everything but right, right, teach. Now you take you take the the ability to do the research, which you absolutely have to have if you're going to be a writer, mm-hmm. right? And that never leaves you. So you you know how to research. That's true. And with yeah. the internet, holy crap! It's like right. it's like another world. And that's a, right. that's so you know it's funny because like in college, that's why I'm so shocked that people are so duped by fake news because as, as exactly. in college, the first thing to learn how to write because you have to cite sources right. is what is a proper source. Wikipedia is not a source no. <laughs> in college that they that my college says that you can use. You always have to check where your information is coming from. So if it's like mountain news of the purple net. that's not a reliable news source. Breitbart. Breitbart. Yeah. And that's another thing is like I am shocked that people think Breitbart is a reliable news source. Yeah. It's, well Trump does. Well that's what I'm saying is like I mean you learn this stuff in college so it's so it, it, and I'm you know I'm 30 and I no. don't know how people. God, I don't you're know. Old. I know I, well I'm just saying like I ha, you know to. they've been teaching this for year, I mean, my mom was a journalism major. You have to find out, check your sources. Where the, where is the information right. coming from? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, as I grew older and and got smarter, uh, God hope I got smarter. Uh, <laughs> you know, you learn to you learn to to assimilate no matter what you do. Yeah. Uh, and and knowledge is is not an enemy. Knowledge is your friend. Knowledge is power. And it's the more you have the more you can do. That's true. And that's why, you know, having gone to school and I think in, in majored in history, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it may not have been uh, a direct career for you, but it's contributed to who you are. Right. Right? I mean, when you walk around knowing a lot about history, you're a different person right. than if you're walking around not knowing right. well, what you know, happened before. Bobby Jean, Bobby Jean, God bless her, I'd love her to death because she and I <laughs> have been friends forever and I, I, she used to have another radio show and I used to be on our own. Every time I had a new book come out, I was on her show. Right. So, but she would get to talking to a guest and I'll, and say, I'll say, well, I was someplace and I said, God, I, I was there and and she goes, is there any place you haven't been? You know, you've been everywhere, you've done everything. I said, you know, I'm 65 or 66 or 67 years old. I, I've done a lot of things in my life, and I've been a lot of places in my life, and I'm not embarrassed about that. Right. And I'm not ashamed about that. No, yeah, sure. why you know, would you and be? If you don't go someplace and learn something, 
Oh man, you're missing you're out missing on a out, huge right? opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Because and, that it's always there. And somebody mentions a place, you go, Oh, I remember that. I right. was there. Exactly. And if you can't be there, at least study on read it. about it. Right. Well, read that's know, the other thing is movies. like there's no excuse for educating yourself because we have the internet. Right. And you don't even need to go to school anymore. You don't even need to pay for it. Anything that you could ever want to learn can be taught on the internet. Right. Much. Well, yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to do it without a piece of paper that says you did it. Exactly. Right. And 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 sometimes it's it is cool in a group in a classroom environment. I, I like it, but yeah. it depends. Yeah, you guys are I've been I, I went to 5 years of, you know, extended education. <laughs> that was enough you. for you. No, it wasn't because uh, I wasn't. Some, but that's the thing about um, sometimes, like being in a classroom. Because I was in a classroom, and you don't, you know, if like I, I try. I took a graphic design co- course in college. I didn't learn anything. Really? Because the teacher has to go to every single person. He's trying to teach a that's skill. That's true. Well, and something you have to, and like I, that. I wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, something like that. You don't want to group. You know. But if you go in there for lecture and discussion about history, oh, right. of course, right? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you but know? again, you can do that all online. You can enter discussion boards. That's true. That's what I that's did in true. college. Our teachers actually encouraged that. Like, okay, go to the discussion board and write a paper, and then respond back to three people. There you go. It's Very an internet discussion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you can do online. Uh, learning mm-hmm. right very cool let me uh, do a real quick plug for my yes business. please plug I, it I, really, in. I really want to because I I have I, actually yeah. I got, I got I my own say, I, you really think I would have forgotten to let no, you plug your no, stuff no but we want not, to talk about not it. only with the writer's block right do we have do we interview authors and songwriters and everything else um, but also I have a company called Black Dog Publishing Black Dog Publishing is for new writers and indie writers and a division of Black Dog, which is our book division, which actually will put out the books, is called uh, Tuscany Bay. And we just got uh, a friend of mine actually just designed his gorgeous logo. Yes. Wow. Very nice. And, and it's just like, it's, it, not only is it a gorgeous logo, but we really provide a lot of services for new writers. New, new writers only. There you go. So if you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. you got to come to I might need you. that. If I'm you, trying to, I have. If I'm you don't know how to thing. navigate the, the system, if you don't know what you're doing as far as formatting or putting together a, a book. Yeah. Right. Um, if you don't realize that you have to have an ISBN number, which is the International Standard Book Number. Okay. You can find any That's book in the world if you know their ISBN That's number. how you look it up right. in the library. Right. To, right. To. Um, if you don't know how to copyright, if you don't know how to do you know, uh, any of that stuff, we can help you. Yeah. And we're not expensive. You don't have to sell your firstborn. Although... Sometimes it's what about you'll take it. Is it just books, or do you guys help with screenplays too? Uh, yeah, yeah. I need help. Yeah, yeah. The screenplays it, are a little out of our, our out of our, our expertise, but Richard, who's my partner, is is very very acquainted with screenplays, cool. so he knows. Very cool. Yeah. So people, if you, if you need help writing a book, and don't believe all this shit like on Facebook, it's like write a book in five minutes. Oh, no. You know, have it published in two minutes. Uh, and I'm like, what the hell is this it's about? It's going to take you, know? you, if you're writing a book and you know what you're doing, it's going to take you a year. Really? Nine wow. months to a year wow. to get all the and editing it, done, which is about three. You have to completely edit about three times. Yeah. Then you have to proofread. Right. Then you have to go and you'd have to design covers and you have to do this and that. Right. Let me ask you this, Jim. How do you make someone want to read your book? Um, self-promotion. And it's got to be shameless. Yes. 
Okay, so you need to actually <laughs> be in touch with people, let them know this right. is what the book's about. Yeah, right? but you have to target the audience that you know you're going for. Right. Now, what about in the bookstore and stuff? Do you guys go in bookstores? We do, but we do book signings in bookstores. Right. We actually are looking at opening up an indie writer bookstore in right. Jimmy Valley for all independent oh, writers. Oh, that'll be cool. Right. But then you're not really reaching a lot of people doing the signing in one store. No. You know, so you, you got to think travel of, around. You've got to do some marketing. Right. Too. I've been down to L.A. Library and, yeah? and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But you got to be in the stores. you got to be Barnes & Noble. You are on Amazon? Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, all there the online know. booksellers. There you go. So uh, tell people how they can find your books. If they well, they wanna. can find You've them. You've written many, with, many of you them. You can find them by going to my website, which is uh, jimchristina.net, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A.net. Okay. You can find them by going to blackdogpublishing.co. Okay. Uh, there's not a com. It's a C-O. And um, all of them are listed there. You can go to Tuscany Bay Books and find them there. Um, go to Amazon and just type in my name and you'll get a whole bunch of books. And That's amazing. And listen to the Writer's Block every Thursday. Yes, don't forget. Don't and forget. we have a writer coming in next year that you're going to love. I don't know. You're a reader. I am. Yeah. And I, I don't am. know if you are, Rachel. I read. There's a writer that's known for, he writes books called The Prey Novels. Okay. Winter Prey, uh, Silent Prey. His name is okay. John Sanford. Oh. And okay. um, he's well known. Yeah, in fact, okay, well, go, I haven't heard of him, but if okay, you go if you into the airport so. and you don't see a John Sanford book, right. you're in the wrong he's airport. airport. Oh, really? Right. Oh, okay. And he's so going to be on with us in April. Very cool. And so we have uh, the guy. So you who booked through April. I mean, my God, this is yeah. like July, though. Booked through April. <laughs> and the guy who invented Longmire, um, the TV show Longmire, and the character Walt Longmire. Uh -huh. uh, his name is Craig Johnson. He's back with us the second trip, uh, August 24th. So. Awesome. Wow. Well, yeah, stay really tuned for that, folks. Jim Christina, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Always yeah. a pleasure. And uh, the conversation is never over with Jim because nope. uh, <laughs> we always run out of time. So you're welcome back anytime I, as usual. I'll take you, you up you, on Jim. it, Sam. Of course. Rachel, thank you as always. always. Glad to see you smiling again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to Sam in the Morning with Rachel, exclusively on L.A. Talk Radio.